Hi, you're listening to Ryan and Mike from the stands with Ryan McCumber and Mike Sterner. This is Ryan. Uh, so we're going to start out talking uh, football, uh, staff, staff shakeups. <coughs> so I am personally not a big fan of this entire thing. Uh, I kind of think that I, I would have liked to see somebody actually gone. <coughs> uh, preferably, if I had a choice, it would have been Jim Bowman. But, uh, well, at the very least, I guess I'm happy that Dave Warner is not calling plays. So that's that, that yeah, experiment is finally, finally yeah. done. Thank God. It took years longer than it should have to change. But uh, Brad Salem is now the new offensive coordinator. And I, I, I'm i okay. I'm, I was hoping they'd get an outside hire. But if you're going to do it in-house, that, that would, he would have been my pick. Uh, he's... He's definitely – he's had offers to go elsewhere and stayed uh, elsewhere to be an off- offensive coordinator. Um, so, uh, I think he, he he's finally getting his due. I think it should have happened a while ago, but at least it's finally happening. Yeah. Um, so, he is the new offensive coordinator. Mark Staten moves tight from ends. offensive line to tight ends coach. And Jim Bowman, this makes – no, I mean, I get why they did it, but oh my lord, why I, he is getting more responsibility, in my opinion, as an offensive line coach. I, I, I that, that, that I, I get that he has a history as an yeah, offensive I think line that's coach, why. but good lord, get I just want the guy out. I, I, <laughs> I don't get it. He's a, he's dead weight, he really is. I, 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 I don't understand what he does. He he doesn't recruit at at at, at, a, at a high level at all. The tight ends were have been god awful, and now you're moving him to a different position that honestly is probably the biggest issue on the team. Yeah, you're moving him to offensive line. I, I I don't get it. I I'm not not a fan of this. The part of it I get is that it's his, that's his expertise, but. Uh... In terms of what he's done his whole career, but uh, and I, I think D'Antonio just wanted to shake up the whole thing. I mean, I think what most people were so we were going through the list. I think what most people were shocked by was when Samuel got moved over. I hate that too. I am not, I I absolutely hate that. But I reflected I, I, on that a little bit. One, Don Treadwell has been a wide receiver coach, really since he's ever been a coach and yeah, the receivers I think have the most upside of anybody, but they, if you look at the receiving core, yeah, the injuries had a lot to do with it, but it was a massively disappointing year for the receiving as well, because they couldn't create separation. I think what a lot of people look at is they look at the potential of those players and say, okay, he's, he's got really good players there, but they didn't live up to the billing. Because, I mean, even we had a lot of people pointed out we had a healthy Daryl Stewart. We had a healthy Cody White in the – My issue is – my issue with that is what the hell are they supposed to do? They The, the offensive line was garbage. No, it's true. And, but... and, the, and, the, and they didn't have a – they didn't really have a quarterback who would throw them the ball. I don't I, – I, don't, I, I get that they had some issues getting separation, but, uh, I mean – if. I don't, I don't know what the hell they're supposed to do with a terrible offensive line and the quarterback who can't throw him the ball. If if Treadwell if, – if it wasn't Treadwell, I would be more upset about that move. But being that Treadwell has the experience there, I'm not as upset as some people are. But I, I get people's frustration because 
if you had to pinpoint one yeah. coach that probably could have easily kept his position, it was probably Samuel. I I I, I just like the only two offensive guys on the staff I didn't have a problem with were Samuel and Salem. I I don't I I, I would have. But I wanted – I am absolutely frustrated that Jim Bowman's still on the staff. I mean, like I said, yeah, I, I just don't understand. He he, spe- he definitely doesn't recruit well. I mean, he's a 70-year-old guy. Like, who the hell is going to say, hey, I went to Michigan State because uh, Jim Bowman, you know, he recruited <laughs> me. Like, who the hell is going to say that? I, uh, I, 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 I just I, – I would have – Loved to, I, I, at least the very least, have him, you know, quote unquote, retire, you know, yeah, and then bring in some new very, blood. He's got to be very close to. I was actually that was the biggest surprise to me. I thought he was going to retire, but I've heard people say that they think there's a possibility that even though this is the staff right now, that somebody else is going to that somebody's going to leave. leave. And I, I honestly don't disagree with that either because. D'Antonio even kind of alluded to it, and a lot of people missed this part because they didn't really, you know, listen to it closely. But he said something about if there's any kind of uh, if there's any kind of friction with this, then there's going to need to be a lot of people think ter- think it might be Samuel, and I am not going to be happy if that's what happens. Yeah, and you never know; maybe it's another guy. But we'll, I guess we'll see. Um, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if you saw this, but I saw this on Sunday morning that apparently Bowling Green was trying to get in touch with Dave Warner about their head coaching position. What in the hell? No, I did not see that. There was an, I, 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 there was an article I saw on Twitter. Somebody f- went through, they got emails for their coaching search, and Dave Warner was a name that was brought up. I'm not kidding. I'm dead Are, serious. Did they hire a head coach yet? Or I don't yes. Know. Okay. Uh, I, Scott Loeffler, I think he was the Boston College offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. But yeah, his name was mentioned. I was like, what? You know, those Mac schools, you just never know what they're looking at <clears throat> with some of those hires. I mean, there's been guys Dave Warner, of Dave Warner's caliber that have hired, been hired. In that's like, true. <laughs> that's so, very true. That's one thing I said to people is, you know, everybody's like Dave Warner would never get a job. I'm like, you're fooling yourself if that's you think there's that. There's no way in hell. Look, look at John no L. Smith. He, he would... keeps getting jobs, and he's like train wrecks everywhere he goes, and he keeps getting demoted in what level he coaches, but he's still getting jobs. There's no way in hell that he would get a power five offensive coordinator job. Can can you imagine, can you imagine trying to sell your fan base on bringing in Dave Warner as your offensive coordinator? You got to also remember not every power five job. Like, I mean, you got a place like what freaking Wake Forest. What the hell do they care? (laughs) I mean, Hey, they went to a BCS bowl like 10 years ago. So (laughs) you can imagine that their fan base isn't too big. So that's what I'm, because we always put it in the grand scheme of this is Michigan State. This is how we look at it. Well, Michigan State, even though we're not like Ohio State, Michigan with our brand, we are a big brand. And then even in the Power Five level, you take a big step off. Um, and some schools are just like big bass. Like, I mean, take, I guess Kansas isn't the best example because they hired less miles now, but a school like Kansas all these years. Hiring Dave Warner as an offensive coordinator, there those people would probably be like, "Well, 
he's not the previous guy. He's got be better. <laughs> so, and he came from Michigan State. He's probably a little bit better. So that's that's how they probably think. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I I I just I am not on board with this. I hope it works. I I do. I I man, like I don't know how you can justify like if these guys. How the hell? Can you say, oh, these guys weren't at the right position? Why, why the hell didn't you move them earlier? Like, I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to get the fan base to somewhat buy in. But I, I, I think seventy five percent of the people are still pissed off. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm, it. I'm in a wait and see mode. I think he's. I mean, there was never going to be. I think there were some people that were expecting sweeping changes. That was never going to happen. Oh yeah, that wasn't going to happen because that's not. I mean. The one thing, if you're looking at it from D'Antonio's perspective, his entire success of this program has been built on continuity, building coastal relationships, uh, and that goes. That's not just about winning football games. It's about recruiting and all that stuff. And so that's been his mo, and he gets that from Jim Trussell is the same way. And so uh, he, he's going to try to keep it that way. And he still, he believes he can be successful with it, whether or not it's going to be successful it remains to be seen, but it's been successful for the larger part of the, his tenure at Michigan state. And even before that, so he, he's going to continue that. And a lot of people were pointing at Harbaugh and saying, Oh, well, Harbaugh can fire a guy in the minute. Well, that's great from our perspective, but, I think even Michigan fans are like probably thinking to themselves, this guy can't keep somebody on staff. He can't even keep his his uh, best uh, coaches on staff because they go elsewhere. I mean, it's it's just a perspective thing. So, and plus Harbaugh is one of the those coaches that I don't think he really has good relationships with the people <laughs> he works with, and that doesn't really matter to him. It's all about you know it. It's like a cutthroat thing with them over there. So. I, I would like to see maybe a little more balance, but this is what D'Antonio has always won with. So you, you think he's going to go at a different length? Of, I mean, maybe he could have brought in a new person, you know, one per, new person, but he was never going to go, let's fire the entire offensive staff. That was just, I mean, that's. Oh, yeah, that obviously wasn't going to happen. I mean, <laughs> anybody with a brain knew that wasn't going to happen, but I, I just, I, 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 like I said, I don't really have a problem with. Like Brad Salem being the offensive coordinator. I don't have an issue with that. And the last time that he ran an offense, he was the head coach at some Division II school. Yeah. You go look at the stats. They improved his last three seasons. And they, they were running like a shotgun-type offense, which is what people want. That would be really uh, good for our quarterbacks. Also. Yeah. It, 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 and if he – I've said I've said this before. I, I don't really have a problem with Dave Warner still being on the staff because he has he's he has a good track record with quarterbacks. So now you've got him working with the QBs, which is probably a good thing. He he was he, I think nobody will disagree. He was way in over his head as an offensive coordinator. He should not have been calling plays. He yeah. was not a good offensive coordinator. And now at least you got him where he's been in, at his best. Right. So. You move him, and, and if if Brad Salem is allowed to run the offense, he runs, that he wants to run. Then I think this works out well. Yeah, if, assuming they, that there's not a bunch of injuries like there was this year, I I think that if you if you if he runs the offense, he wants to run, and Mark Antonio isn't uh, micromanaging the situation. I think this works out fine. I, I'd be willing to bet there'd be 
at least a marginal improvement. At least a marginal improvement. Well, it can't get much worse. No, so. it can't get worse. I'd be willing to bet. The question is how much of an improvement. Because I, I was having this discussion with somebody the other day. A lot of people, when they look at offense, they, they go to the two really dummy numbers of what is offense. They go to points scored and they go to yards. And I don't think that's the best stats to look at when you're, especially when you're Michigan State. I think you got to look at offensive efficiency, which is, are you holding on to the ball? Are you not turning it over? Are you scoring touchdowns when you get into the red zone as opposed to field goals? And are you, are you, uh, possessing the ball because that's still what they're going to want to do because it plays into the hands of the I think the time of possession nowadays though is just doesn't really mean much of anything it, it, it depends it really depends though I mean it, it it does for coaches that are teams that the strength of the team is the defense and uh, if the strength of the team isn't the defense next year then something went either horribly long defensively or or the offense just turned into 2014 because it's going to be the strength next year. So they, they're going to want to play into the hands of it. But it's all about efficiency. It, it, that's what matters the most. Yeah, points scored matters to an extent. But those numbers are, are very skewable. I mean, you could win a game against a, te- you know, a team that runs a similar style to MSU with 21 points would be enough. And another game where a team is more up-tempo, you might need to score 31. So you, you probably go and – if you average around 24, 25 points a game, that's a lot, heck of a lot better than, what, 18 we averaged? So right. I think that – and I, I know even D'Antonio, he, he, he's quoted before. that I, I think Lewerke said it uh, even this past offseason. He said our goal is to score around 28 points a game. If they get to 28 points a game, that would be a massive improvement, and I think they'd win – definitely win 10 a games at least. Yeah, I agree with that. I It's my – We'll see. I, 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 I don't like the moves. I mean, I'll give it a chance and hope it works. But from the outset, the start, not a fan. I mean, I, I, I get, I get that he's trying to probably appease some people in it to an extent because you do need to get a fan base to buy in because they have yeah, yeah. people. They, they have, they have, they have people who donate money. You don't want to piss off the donors. Uh. You don't want to piss off the season ticket holders. And I, I, I don't know if people actually would have done this, but I, I heard a lot of people say, hey, if Dave Warner's calling plays again next year, there's no way in hell I am I'm I renewing my season I tickets. I think a few of them would have, but I don't think a lot of them would have. So, <laughs> if, I mean, the, the, the home schedule was... is a – the home schedule is a oh, yeah, joke bad. this next year as, as it is. But many so, of these people making these claims are the same people who sat through the John L. era. So I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, I was gonna renew regardless, but I, I did know a few people that were like, hey, if, if this jackass is calling plays again next this next fall, I am not renewing my tickets. So, you know, it's just there is a lot of people are angry. And they have a right to be upset because this past year was just an absolute failure, yeah, an abomination. Expectations, and we didn't, we didn't reach the expectations. And the potential, I think that's the frustrating part, is the potential was there. It's not like 2016 where really just everything seemed like a disaster. Everything wasn't a disaster. It was just a, everything was a disaster on one side of the ball, whereas the other side of the ball, everything was really as good as you can expect. So. It, it was like a polarizing thing. And, and I think people were frustrated by the potential of what the defense brought to the table. But I, 
you know, I've seen a lot of defensive players seem very excited about next year. I'm sure they're very frustrated behind closed doors, but oh yeah, they understand the potential of this this team, and that's why you get a guy like uh, Joe Bashi and Kenny Willikis and Raquan Williams to come back. Yeah, I know Kenny probably really didn't have a choice after the injury, but these other guys had they could have you know gone and they would have got drafted. I don't know exactly what round they would have got drafted, but they would have got drafted. So they see potential here, and uh, there, there, there's definitely potential to be uh, even Big Ten champions next year. But I think everybody's not going to overhype this team. I think a lot of people are going to be safe with their predictions. You're going to see a lot of eight-win, eight, nine-win predictions. Uh, but the potential's there. And Mark Antonio usually when his teams are – Backs are against the wall. He he has good seasons. So, I mean, in my opinion, you got to win at least ten next year, or else it's a failure. No, uh, I know, but I think what I'm saying is a lot of people will predict eight or nine to be safe. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily call that a success, but I think that's what they'll be predicting. Yeah, I mean, it's I it, it's not an easy schedule. So uh, there's a. They got a lot of tough. They got a, a lot of tough road games. They go to Wisconsin, go to Ohio State, go to Michigan, go to Northwestern, I believe. So it's never easy, but there's a lot of uncertainty elsewhere too. Michigan loses a lot of players. Penn State, well, yeah, a lot I, of play- like, like I've said, it's wide open. I mean, there, there is no excuse not win the division next year. I'm sorry, like there, there, there's just not. I mean. It's, yeah, we return the most. That, yeah, right. we return the most. Our staff definitely returns the most. <laughs> that, on, for <laughs> better or for worse, that on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, I mean, Penn State is losing a ton to, with transfers, and I don't know what the hell's going on there. I, I, I think Franklin's starting to get piss people off. I, I think he's a lot like Harbaugh, where he's just going to start making people angry, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I just don't I, – I, I would I, I would not be surprised if he's not there next year. Let's just leave, put it to that because uh, he's – like I, some of these transfers are just surprising. One of them yeah. was like a five-star kid, and then they lost that wide receiver who I know kind of struggled this Johnson, year. But he yeah. would have – yeah, he would have played. I mean, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is a little bit shocking. But so that's one thing MSU can keep, hang their head on is that while there's a lot of – uncertainty at MSU there's a lot of uncertainty in the entire Big Ten East and yep I mean that includes Ohio State I think Ohio State you got to say is the favorite going into next year just because they've done it for so long. honestly at this point they should be just be the default favorite every single year yeah they're the favorite but I mean just because just because uh Urban Meyer had success doesn't mean Ryan Day's gonna have I mean look at the Luke Fickle year there's I'm not saying he's gonna be Luke Fickle necessarily but he's it, there's a lot that goes into winning football games, and they have a they have a highly rated class, but it's not as highly rated as it's been under. That, but that's also because they took less kids than they usually do. Yeah, that's part of it. And then on top of it, there's uncertainty at quarterback. I know they got Fields, and he might get the transfer waiver. He's going to get a. Wa- I would be surprised if he doesn't get a waiver. But he'll, still, he'll play next year. There's still uncertainty there. So how does how does Ryan Day manage games, and how does? How does this team buy in under him? Urban Meyer's 
Urban Meyer is one of the best coaches we've ever seen in college football. You take him out of the equation, there's going to be something that's different. So whether or not it's he's able to continue on a similar path or not, I, I guess it remains to be seen. But this is really, I think, it, something MSU could take advantage of. Uh, and I don't think they, they're phased by going into Ann Arbor or Columbus. They've won there before. They win there more often than they win at home against these teams, it seems like. so. Right. <laughs> so there's just a lot of that goes into it, I think. And I think D'Antonio sees that. And I think he sees a vision with this staff, with the guys he's got, whether the fan base doesn't see it or not. And I think he knows it's a crucial year. Uh, so he's not going to he's not going to show uh, anxiety in the public eye. He's not going to show concern because that's not who he is. But he knows that he's got to have a big year. I can assure people that. And I, I think I think it's all for me. It's a wait and see. Let's see what happens. And if if next year doesn't go well, if it's any similar to this year, then I think you start to say, OK, Coach D, are you are you are you getting past your point? But if it goes well and he does similar things to what he's done in the past, you say, well, this is the same Coach D we've seen before. Yep. Oh, yeah, next year is definitely a make-or-break type thing. I mean, you, it, it, it is. like you, you have to at least, I think, finish at least second in the division. you got to beat one of Michigan or Ohio State or else people are going to be pissed off. Yep. So Put your name in the hat in November at least. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no doubt, no doubt in my mind on that. They, uh, there's definitely, definitely a lot to look forward to. I think, but uh, it's going to be a long off season, so might as well. Not as long as 2016, though. So I think, I think we that that was. If we got through that, we can get through this. Yep. Yep. So uh, I, I think that about covers football. I mean, I. I like I said, I'm hoping Brad Salem was able to run the offense he wants to run. I hope D'Antonio doesn't try to micromanage. Yeah, and... there'll be some things. There'll be concepts from D'Antonio. But I think that Salem will definitely have some creativity involved that we haven't seen yet. So, Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my <laughs> thought on the staff changes. We'll see what happens. I'm not a big fan, though. So, uh, Basketball, so in positive news, the basketball team is one – games now i think 18 and uh, 18 straight in conference yep uh so away from th- a big they, they, school record yep they they beat purdue on tuesday and beat uh penn state on sunday both very uh, both 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 pretty yeah both pretty easy wins and penn state uh, even though cassius winston played maybe the worst game all year oh yeah that was definitely his worst game of the season and they still won by i think 15 so uh uh yeah the basketball team has been rolling they got they got a tough test on thursday they go to nebraska who's won i think 18 straight home games uh yeah so Definitely going to be a tough game there. And they, Coming off they, a win at and, at, at uh, Indiana, they, a blowout win. Yeah. So uh, and that's a win, something. Win the yeah. Huskers could use also. Yep. Um. I, it sounds like Kyle Orange and Langford probably aren't going to play again. So we'll Gabe, see. Uh, what, see Brown what happens. Henry. Yeah. So uh, see what happens there. I. 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 I think that's a toss-up game wouldn't be surprised either way I, i'm kind of leading towards i think msu might lose 
just because they've won 10 straight and Nebraska seems to be playing pretty well. And Izzo was not happy about the Penn State game. Yeah, no, he Sunday. wasn't. But so, I, I don't think you'll see Cassius Winston have two bad games in a row, though. So that's one positive thing to look for. I think Cassius – if Cassius comes out and has a similar game to the many games he's put up this year and then Ward does what he does, I think MSU can win this game for sure. Yeah, they, they can win it. It's just a man I, – I think it's going to be probably one of the toughest games they've played all year. So Yeah, no doubt, uh, no doubt. You uh, don't, Lincoln's a tough place to go into. Uh, definitely definitely going to be a tough game. I think they play, what, 7 o'clock on Thursday. Thursday. Yep, Uh I, I I MSU will probably be favored by a couple points. So yeah, two or three. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely not. Yeah, eight o'clock on on Thursday. Uh, definitely going to be a tough game. Uh, Nebraska is the most experienced team in the Big Ten. Uh, James Palmer. Yeah, James Palmer and Glenn Watson, uh, both probably their best player. Oh, Isaiah Roby's really good too. Yeah, Roby's a really uh, good player. So. Uh, but yeah, I I've been pretty pleased with how the basketball teams played most of the season. Uh they've definitely exceeded my expectations. Yes. Uh, I I fully expect uh definitely the, the two Michigan teams are definitely the two best teams in the conference, I yeah. think. And give Maryland a little bit of credit though. I think they've bloomed better than I thought. But yeah, they yeah, they're playing yeah, they also have the toughest schedule in the conference. Yeah. So they're, playing, uh, they're blowing. They're, they're blowing with out, tough games already. Too. They're, yeah, they're blowing out Wisconsin right they're now the youngest, at home. Youngest team in the Big Ten. I think they're like the eighth youngest team in the entire country. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I know we play Maryland after uh, Nebraska. I don't think we go into Maryland though. That's, no, we no, we don't. No, MSU doesn't go to Maryland. So that's a, probably a benefit. To, I, and I think Michigan does go into Maryland. Uh, let me. I think they do. I'm gonna. I look. think they play them twice actually. Yeah, they might. I don't know if they. But I know they only play Ohio State once, so. I'm looking it up. They play at U of M. They play at. I can't. Yeah, they play. They play. They play twice. I thought so. So yeah, that's gonna that's I mean Maryland looks like the third team right now, but as we saw with Ohio State, you can and, and Indiana, you can lose three in a row and all of a sudden things change. I think that's really what MSU's got to avoid. Don't let one loss become multiple losses because I think it's safe to assume MSU's going to lose a conference game somewhere along the way. Yeah, at some point they will. And so I think Michigan will also. I think you you just can't avoid it without. 20 game schedule and all these 10 road Listen, games. I'm telling you, man, I don't think, I don't know if Wisconsin's going to win, going to beat them on Saturday at home, but Wisconsin might be coming into that game real desperate for a win. Kind of similar. So, yeah. Kind of similar to the Syracuse team against Duke today, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that's going to, I, I don't know what the spread's going to be, but I probably pick Wisconsin to cover it. Yeah. I would pick them to cover it. It won't be uh, very, it, it'll be. Barely in favor of Michigan. It won't be very high. Yeah, because yeah, Wisconsin's getting blown out right now against Maryland. They they lost. They got pummeled on Purdue. Yeah, yeah. Purdue. Oh, they didn't get pummeled, but they lost a Purdue team that's pretty mediocre at home. So they lost three of four. Yeah, if they lose this game, they lost three of four because they lost at home to Minnesota. Yep. Uh, so, so that's a really actually four of five because they lost. 
uh, that road game to Western Kentucky too. It, it, it's a must win for Wisconsin. I almost you can almost put it as a must win for Wisconsin because they could go spiraling. I don't know, not necessarily to keep their tournament hopes alive, but to to prevent themselves from spiraling out of control. Yep. Yeah, they they they're probably going to need to win that game. Uh, yeah, so I mean the the Big Ten is definitely the traditional <laughs> teams. And wow, uh, I just looked at FPI and take I, I'm a BPI. I take this with a grain of salt, obviously, but Wisconsin's favored to win against Michigan at home. Uh, what's but the percentage? Like fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven percent Wisconsin. Wow. So yeah, I, I think MSU is actually favored. Last I checked, MSU was favored in the rest of their games. It, it's I take it with a grain of salt too, but at the same time, I mean, Michigan has not played many road games this year, and the the Villanova one, I don't think Villanova is that great to begin with, and then that was so early in the year. The one road game they got tested against a Northwestern team that isn't really that great, so I think they're going to be tested. I think it's safe to at least say Wisconsin's going to cover whatever the spread is and if it's not too big. I think that it's going to be within five points. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, MSU is actually favored to win at Wisconsin. So, the, so the, the analytics are definitely saying Michigan State is the best team in the Big Ten right now. Yeah. Well, I know Ken Palm had us ahead of Michigan last week. I don't know if they do now, but – They still do, I'm pretty do sure. They? Okay, so I – I think a lot of there's a lot of things that point to MSU being the better team now. That's going to be decided in the two meetings, but there are a lot of things that point to MSU being the better. I mean, it'll be by far the best offense Michigan's played all year, uh, and because I know North Carolina is a team that can score a lot, but they're they're, they're really extremely a, a inconsistent streaky team. So MSU is a team that's. They haven't gone on a ton of scoring droughts really this year because they've been able to score inside and out. So, really, and then the tempo will be up. up and I think – I really think Nick Ward's going to dominate John Teske because I've watched Teske get dominated by pretty much every big man in the conference. That's been most of the where the points they give up. So, I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. Um if Michigan gets threes from Teske and Simpson, we probably will lose those games yep. like they did against Northwestern yesterday. But the chances of that happening are not that high. So you got to neutralize. Don't let uh, Bras Degas go off. Don't let uh, Matthews go off or any of those guys. But I think those two games are going to be huge games. And if MSU could, could win in Ann Arbor, I think they're, they're – I think at that point in the season, depending on what who they lose to up to that point, I think they're looking at a Big Ten title at that point. Yeah, I I I I do too. I, I think that uh, like we've said many times, those are the two best teams. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot to. I mean, there's a lot of games left to be played before that. It's crazy because they both both the games are like two weeks within each other at the end of the at season. At the end of the year. The big, uh, big Ten title will be up for grabs at the, that point, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, MSU's got a pretty – I mean, they got a somewhat tough stretch coming up. They Four play or five at Nebraska. Games, if you yeah. State game, yeah. Uh, Maryland, Maryland <laughs> at home. 
and then go to Iowa, who's been playing better, and Purdue, who has been playing better. I think that they're going to – I think they'll win at Purdue. I just don't think that they have the firepower I think, overall. I think Purdue to, matches up very poorly, and th- if they need Carson Edwards to score like – Score like 30, 30 points. And that yeah. just doesn't happen. Like, MSU has not gotten torched by any – by one guy, really. This well, year. as a bookie, kind of torched Nick Ward in the first game. Yeah, of the year, I guess. I, I that, forget that Kansas game because it's so. It was like, so long ago. Yeah, it's like the first game. I think we beat Kansas if we played them today. Probably. Yeah, it, as a bookie's out for the season, too. So. <laughs> yep. I, so, I, I, there's a lot of basketball to be played. I think uh, Lincoln's going to be tough, though. You got to go in there and you got to. I think if I, MSU's. What they've done really well to this year is they've they've gotten that uh, they've gone on that 10-0, 12-0 run and then they get that lead and then they just step on the team's throat and if they can do that in Lincoln that would be a great sign thing but they might be in for a battle uh, they they've experienced it at Louisville they experienced it at Florida so I think they're poised to be able to go into a road game and win a close game but you gotta you gotta be able to. You got to be able to show up, and Cassius Winston cannot have seven turnovers. Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so I'm going to go through a few of the national games this week just to uh, take a look at the big ones. Duke uh, and Virginia, I know. Duke, probably- yeah, Virginia Virginia Tech is actually tomorrow too. Uh, yeah. Virginia Tech, their only loss is actually at Penn State this year. So <laughs> Virginia is undefeated. Uh, so that should be, it's at Virginia. Virginia's actually favored by nine. So they're a good that, basketball team. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see that. Uh, we'll see. I, th- I think Virginia's going to win just because they're the home team, but, uh, I think, I think Virginia Tech will cover the spread on that. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow. There's a lack of. Oh, Maryland plays Ohio State on Friday at Ohio State. Ohio State kind of needs a win to get off the schneid. That would be a big win for the Buckeyes. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win that game just because they're kind of desperate for a win. Saturday, we already went over Michigan-Wisconsin. It's at Wisconsin. Wisconsin might be, again, might be a desperate team for a win. Indiana goes to Purdue. I mean, I don't think either of those teams are that good. I I. Indiana's just – I think they're over. I don't think they're a top 25 team. I don't think Purdue is either, so. They're both, I think, eight or nine but, seeds in the tournament. Yeah, they're not, they're not great teams. Uh, let's see. Auburn, Kentucky at Auburn. Uh, Auburn's, Auburn's, I think, pretty desperate for a win right now, too. They're 12-3 and three right now. Yeah. Uh, Man, there's not a lot of good games this week. This is kind of disappointing. No, there's not a lot. The ones that are the big ones are pretty big, though. When you talk about, I mean, Virginia might be able to lose their first game. But if, I mean, if Virginia, this is a Virginia team that went from a, went through a deep ACC last year and I think only had one loss in conference play. So they just know those opponents very well. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Virginia to, Get through this week. I think they're going to lose at least one of these games. They go, they go to Duke, and Duke is going to be really pissed off. So they, they do, but they do, but Duke's lack of depth, I think, was revealed today in the Syracuse loss. They get one injury, and they're all of a sudden in big trouble. And you got freaking White jacking up threes and going over for ten for three. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're the best team in the country. So I, I don't even know who is at this point. I mean, I, don't, I think it's going to be a toss up this year. I, I don't. I mean, you know, you could easily lose. I mean, you look at last year, MSU was in the top five for a good portion of the end of conference play. And you just get a mad, bad matchup in the tournament and you get knocked out. So it just, it's kind of how it goes. So I think teams are, fans probably care more about the rankings right now than the players do. Yeah, I I agree. I, I, like, I, I, so I don't really expect a ton this week. I mean, there's a couple of good games, not a, not not a great the big ten big ten games are pretty much garbage other than the MSU game. Other other than the MSU game on Thursday and the Michigan Wisconsin game on yeah. Saturday. So uh I think that that almost covers everything. I can't really yeah. think of anything else. Yeah, that's about it. I, I next time we'll probably be able to field some questions and make it a little bit longer, but there wasn't a lot that happened this week other than the football staff changes. No. So, so uh, maybe next Monday or I don't know. I might be going to the game at, at Breslin. So I'll, I might go. I think I might go too. It just depends on my work schedule. So we'll see. I haven't decided yet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think that covers almost everything. Uh, you guys have any questions? Sure to hit me up on Twitter, send like a Facebook message. Uh, or we'll post in the group next time. So yeah, so uh, I think that almost covers everything. So uh, for uh, Mike Sterner, this is Ryan McCumber saying, "Go green, go white."